What's up, Ryan? How are you doing? Good, good. How are you, Joe? Great. Yeah, we're just uh, actually hanging out in a, uh, I don't know, like an empty restaurant or something here. At, uh, yeah, it's an empty restaurant. It's pretty swank. <laughs> it is very swank, just like your shirt. So <laughs> we're doing an audio podcast, but uh, um, Ryan's got a uh, the uh, infamous uh, duck t-shirt on right now. So Yeah, Tipsy Elves duck shirts. You should look it up on Amazon. They're pretty awesome. Tipsy Elves, is that the brand? Yeah, that's the brand. That's cool. Um, and speaking of ducks, so uh, you are with uh, Mother Duck, um, aptly named company. Uh, so <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, to kick it off, like for people who don't know who you are or what Mother Duck is, do you want to give a quick intro on both of those? Sure. Um, let me start with me, and then I'll, then I'll move into Mother Duck. Uh, so uh, again, Ryan Boyd, uh, I recently, about a year ago, co-founded this, this company, Mother Duck, but before that, uh, my career was leading developer relations at Databricks, at Neo4j, at Google Cloud, um, and then before that, you know, IC de- developer of e-commerce systems and things like that. But um, so I, you know, kind of been in the developer space for a long time. Data side, uh, also around kind of authentication, authorization. Wrote an O'Reilly book on OAuth, uh, which is probably the world's shortest O'Reilly book. Uh, Wait, how like, short is it? I think like eighty or ninety pages. Um, it's a pamphlet, but it, yeah, it's a pamphlet. <laughs> sure, I get it. Um, you know, it's it still it still buys me a lunch uh, once a month, so nice. I'm happy. Um, we well, go to Casa Bonita pretty soon in Denver <laughs> and uh, get yourself a lunch there. Yeah, so. maybe give me a couple lunches there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you know, I've been in the data space, authentication, authorization space, enterprise, um, cloud, uh, blah blah blah. So um, you know, basically, we created this company called Mother Duck. Uh, basically, well, a little over a year now. Uh, oh, we all gathered in in Seattle about a year ago, uh, and I think June twentieth was the one year anniversary of us us gathering as co-founders in Seattle. And really the idea is bring DuckDB to the cloud, make DuckDB, um, you know, take advantage of the cloud features around collaboration and scalability and all, which, um, you know, is, is, is really kind of fun to take an embedded database and, and bring it to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a large part of our reason behind this is really just making life easier for the average practitioner, the average data analyst. Yeah. Um, getting data in is still a pain in the major tools. I spent a couple years at Databricks trying to to uh, get the team to make that easier, and I, you know, little progress here and there, but uh, it's hard. Um, and so, yeah, we created this company, Mother Duck, uh, bringing bringing DuckDB to the cloud. It's pretty cool. I mean, seeing a lot of um, press around DuckDB right now, I think on its, as a standalone thing too, um, it seems to have captured the attention of a lot of people. Um, we can probably get into reasons why. I'm, I'm very curious about your take on that, you know, why it's um, getting yeah. a lot of attention and um, attraction. But then, you know, I think, what was it, last year, around this time, Jordan Tigani um, was on one of my podcasts uh, talking about Mother Duck. I think, I think it might have been the it was, a, I think, it was the second public um, discussion he had on it because I think Sanjeev, he was on Sanjeev's podcast a couple yeah, weeks yeah. before that. But um, yeah, the moment he started talking about it, and, and again, it was a very nebulous conversation in some ways because I don't think that we were, you know, you guys were exactly clear like what it was. But <laughs> I think Matt and I, after we were done with the conversation, we're just like, 
Yeah, there's something here for sure. Yeah. I think after the call, we're just like, yeah, yo, can we put some money into this if you guys? Uh, <laughs> it's like, nah, we're good. Um, thanks, Jordan. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I think you know we knew we wanted to do something with DuckDB. At that time, we were still sort of exploring what those what the boundaries were going to be of yeah. what we're going to build, and I'm sure it's still going to evolve over time. Um, you know, I, I, you were talking about why has DuckDB become so popular? Why is it, you know, Sanjeev tells me it's one of his most popular interviews uh, that he's no, done no as way. well with Jordan. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Um, and, you know, why is this? Why is the community rallied behind this tool? And I think it's kind of our, our industry really does move in cycles. Um, yeah. And, you know, the the thing to do for the last 10 years is these, you know, or 20 years is these large scale distributed systems. Yep. Um, I met Jordan, the, the CEO of Mother Duck, um, when I worked with him at, at Google BigQuery. And we were talking about how you run these queries across a thousand machines. Um, and so the industry moves in these cycles. And, uh, you know, our reaction to that is to say, Okay, what has changed through through history? And one of the things that's changed is the power of local compute. And DuckDB has really taken advantage of that and mm. said, like, hey, not only should you have high performance analytics on your local machine, you should be able to do things with SQL on your local machine without socket connections in an embedded, you know, embedded uh, library yeah. inside your code. Um, and we're going to create a great developer experience around it. And we're also going to keep innovating really quickly. Like, I think that academic papers get presented about databases and within weeks, uh, there's often a new feature in DuckDB implementing oh, that, those, uh, what's, you know, in those academic papers that are presented. And, and so they're just this really fast pace of innovation combined with a great developer experience and a focus on, on performance in a, in a lightweight engine. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too, like, who was it? Martin Kletman, he's the uh, author of uh, Designing Data Intensive Applications, which is sort of the distributed systems Bible. And I know that he's been working a lot, um, you know, as a researcher on uh, local first computing now. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's, it's an interesting trend because you see it coming from a lot of other angles. It's, it's, uh, his approach is, I think, similar in philosophy to what you guys had, um, you know, are developing right now. But it's, um, as you say, it's pendulums, right? I yeah. mean, I go on to, uh, you know, Reddit data engineering subreddit because I have a masochistic tendency. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, on that one, it's interesting because people are now complaining about, you know, the various credit consumption or overconsumption. Um, you know, from certain uh, you know, cloud data providers. And again, I, you know, I can't get into like, I don't know what the use cases are, like how people are spending credits, but it's, it's a huge source of complaint. Like these giant systems in the cloud, they're nice, but um, you know, if you don't use them right, you're gonna be paying a lot of money, you know? And I think that yeah. there's a trend, especially right now in a kind of a cost co uh, conscious environment, we're going back to, um, you know, people I think people are looking back at local, that's maybe something to try out, so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things here is that, you know, yes, people always want the knobs and dials that give them control, uh, especially around expenses, right? So, like, when I worked on Google BigQuery, the, you know, the first thing that people would ask is, how do I uh, make sure that I don't, you know, run my query on too many machines, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and performance is great, um, but, you know, if it comes at a huge expense, you know, it's a classic sort of ROI calculation there. Yeah, like yeah. how much you need. I mean, as geeks, right? Like we, 
I love to see the queries run on a thousand, twelve hundred different machines on BigQuery, and I love seeing yeah. the results. But I wasn't the one paying the bill when I worked at Google, uh, and and seeing seeing those fast results. Um, when you are paying the bill, like we find, actually a lot of people uh, across the major cloud data warehouses uh, and data analytics systems buy the smallest size instances. Yeah. So you know they're they're. They're like, we, we have to control the cost, so we'll do that by buying the smallest size instances. And it's like, what the heck is the point of doing it in the cloud if you're always going to have the smallest size instances and have all of your users right. competing for that same resource? And I, I call it kind of the, the cloud data warehouse is the modern day mainframe. It's, it's this mm. shared resource that... You know, people are waiting in line with the operator uh, and their punch cards and their data cards, <laughs> and they're like, "Here, please run my query." And it's, you know, it's silly when we're sitting here with these M1, M2 laptops that have. Yeah. Uh, I think my my M1 has like 24 megs of L1 cache. Like. That's um, yeah. No, I mean the machines are are beefy and. Uh, why are we sitting there and waiting for the cloud when that's happening? So, you know, one thing we're, we're really working on, on at MotherDuck is, is hybrid querying. Like, how do, you, yeah. how do you decide whether to bring the compute to the data or the data to the compute? And how do you decide, like, which parts of the query should be executed where? Mm. And we're not thinking of it from a, you know, what are the thousand machines in the cloud that we can execute these queries on? We're saying, hey, you know, you should be able to write SQL that accesses your local file system and crunches stuff on, on your local system and also joins that together with, with uh, yeah. you know, things that on, on the cloud systems and does it automatically for you. It has a cost-based planner, tries to figure out what, what are the best ways to do that. So we're doing a lot of research in that area um, because we do want, you know, the average analyst to have a much better experience and not not really just kind of rely on what the sysadmins or the data engineers right. are, are tuning their knobs to uh, with the with the CFO looking over their shoulders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Jordan gave me a demo of uh, Mother Duck last week and, and they distributed, um, you know, kind of a hybrid, uh, you know, cloud and, um, you know, Wasm uh, queries. And I, was, I was blown away uh, at the fact that it, it could just automatically determine what workloads to split out, you know, yeah. I think that was really, really cool. As I joke with Matt Housley, um, you know, my uh, co-author and business partner, but it is, I, I feel like the, the, the laptops are the new on-prem in some ways. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a Mac Studio last week and that thing is- Oh, jealous, man. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a Mac Mini for a long time, and an Intel one, and that thing was great, actually, but I was yeah. like, well, Mac Studio's greater, so I will get that. <laughs> But um, it's probably sitting 85% idle, just like this laptop, unless you're on a Zoom call. Like, the, right. the, the machine's not doing anything. <laughs> it's not doing much, no. And, and the crazy thing is, it's, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm recording this on a uh, M1 2020, um, you know, laptop. I think the first MacBook Pro, and the thing still kicks ass. Like, I, I'll probably just get a new battery for it when it dies. It's a great laptop. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I, I mean, the thing that I say a lot is, like, from a from a technology perspective, uh, hardware has advanced a lot over the last 10 years. Lot, so I worked on BigQuery, I don't know, in 2012, 2013. The maximum size of a EC2 machine at the time was 60.5 gigs of RAM. Now it is four terabytes. That's, That's a 400X change. Uh, similar, like the maximum amount of memory, uh, I think was, was eight gigs at the time on a MacBook Pro. 
um, and now it's 96 gigs. Yeah. So 12x change, not quite as, as big as is in the cloud, but like there's been this huge change in compute resources that are available both in the cloud and uh, you know to us locally but we're still using the same software and the same distributed paradigms that yeah. we used way back then. Like, data has grown, uh, but the data that you actually care about hasn't grown that much. That's an interesting insight. Just think for, you know, especially for data engineers, right? The discussion is still, and we're, we're at um, Databricks Summit, so Spark's awesome, killer, but the discussion <laughs> is still around Spark, right? It, you know, yeah. at least here, um, you know, different workloads. I mean, it still sits at sort of the epicenter of a lot of things, but like, what do you think is coming next, um, you know, as we kind of move maybe to a post-distributed systems world? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I do expect the pendulum swings will happen here, right? Uh, I can't be naive to that. But uh, I think efficiency is really what's important. Uh, developers, user experience, whatever you want to call it, is, is what's really important. Uh, because, you know, we really... I think we're past the age of just doing distributed compute because it's fun and it's interesting. Like we have to find the real utility in it for it to make yeah. sense. And I'm sure there's workloads that it makes sense for. I'm sure for many Silicon Valley companies with their petabytes and exabytes of data, sure, you know, you need distributed compute. But nowadays with the growth of memory, the growth of CPU performance, all of that, what if you can design systems without spending hundreds of engineering hours dealing with consensus algorithms, right? Yeah. Like, what if you could take those engineering hours that you've spent on consensus algorithms and instead put them into the you know experience? And mm. for those of you who have used Databricks or Snowflake or any of these tools, you know, just improving the experience of loading data into the systems would be would make things so much easier for oh, a lot yeah. of users. That's a big piece of it too. And then I, I think the other elephant in the room is just uh, egress. Um, that's something Matt and I hit on quite a bit because you know everyone wants to do um, you know um, well data sharing, any number of things, right? And, and it's like yeah, except you get to pay the toll. <laughs> along the way. Uh, I don't actually know if you, you saw this, but this morning uh, Databricks did a keynote on Delta. Uh, Michael Armbrust talked about Delta sharing, and I guess they did a deal with Cloudflare uh, to make Delta sharing free of egress costs oh, uh, on, okay. on Cloudflare. And, but but it's an important point because like the reason they did that obviously is because it's really irritating people um, to to see how much it costs to you know have. It's have like uh, did, did you have a cell phone back in the nineties or yeah. the two thousands? Did you have to pay like cell phone minutes? <laughs> cell phone minutes, cell phone like out of area code fees, long yeah. distance fees. Um, yeah, that's I mean, what this feels like, right? Yeah. So I mean, even if in AWS going region to region egress is like you know you can get bit pretty hard and. And, and you know, and between AZ, I mean, there's a bunch of nuance to it. If you, if you don't know what you're doing right now, it's almost like being a distributed systems engineer, but being like an egress fee engineer um, <laughs> or something like that. But I mean, everyone looking at the cloud fees, like, you know, you look at what is the percent margin that you think that they're making off of different different parts of the cloud uh -huh. fees. And I feel like egress fees, like they're making a killer margin on that. <laughs> um, so maybe things will go cyclical there too, where uh, egress fees will eventually be brought down because the 
the community demands it. Um, yeah. But you know, that's it's certainly been something that we've looked at with this sort of hybrid execution model of like, okay, like if you're doing some stuff locally, some stuff in the cloud, what is the cost of transferring data back and forth to the cloud? And mm. like, how do you how do you actually even have that as part of the query planner? Right. Like the query plan should kind of that's understand cool that there's yeah. a cost involved here. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully that'll just become a non-issue over time as folks like Cloudflare disrupt the industry there. Yeah, um, I think even like they have R two or something. Their their storage mechanism also uh, charges based off of total amount stored versus amount stored and, and bits transferred. Um, oh. and so you know, hopefully with some of these newcomers to the market, we'll see some changes there. That's interesting. So it kind of brings me back to a question with a company like um, Mother Duck, for example, right? Where there's the um, uh, there's, a, there's probably a serverless cloud aspect to it, and then I can run queries on a machine. Like um, a blunt question: How do you how do you want to make money? <laughs> um, we you know we're we're still early. We launched last week. Um, everyone can, can sign up yeah. for a, for request an invite. Um, but you know, I think that there's plenty of opportunity here to, to make money, uh, both around improving the experience. People are willing to pay for a much smoother experience for their users to make their users happy. Um, but then there's there's also just like you know, we can we think we can be less expensive than the traditional players in this market right now. Uh, because of, of the ability to balance both those local and, and remote computing yeah. resources. Um, so, you know, we think, you know, it's, like I said, it's a margins game, right? And, um, you know, the, the ability to uh, execute parts of the query, even if it's just determining the query plan locally, like that actually has a, a big effect uh, on the overall oh, resources time. needed on, on the compute side. So, you know, think of that. You think also of, of the scale up versus scaling out. I think we can reduce costs. It used to be, um, you know, to get these big honking machines was expensive. But yeah. if you look in the cloud now, the prices are the same because every time you get a small VM, uh, in the cloud, that's actually running on a big machine. It's just a slice of a big machine. Right. So, um, why do you have those slices of that big machine spending a lot of energy communicating with each other to determine, you know, who should take the right request? Um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, so, you know, that that I think there's some cost reduction that can be done there, um, and. You know, really, like I said, on the experience side, I think there's just so much room to grow mm -hmm. uh, that people would be willing to pay for that. I think so too. It's and it's one of these things where I think if you can provide that layer where um, it is good user experience um, in a way that's familiar, right? Like it, it needs to feel like it's a you know like a quote data warehouse in the beginning. <laughs> like I think that's where Snowflake did it right when they launched is that they just they knew how to talk to the enterprise about data warehouse. They knew what a data warehouse user wanted. And again, sorry, Snowflake, I'm calling it a data warehouse. Um, you're a data cloud platform. I love you. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, the, um, but the user experience is definitely a big thing where I think out of the gate, it was just really easy, right? Compared to other products at the time, like Redshift, I think they're trying to do a lot of takeouts there. Um, BigQuery's interface, I think, was always pretty easy to use. Um, I think Jordan called it easy query or something like that. But that's really yeah. what people want. And I think just being transparent about costs is like a big thing. Like again, like, like as I was on this, um, looking at this thread on Reddit today, and it was like, 
somebody's you know questioning like, why am I spending an order of magnitude more money versus my old SQL Server? Like we're very tempted to go back to SQL Server because this, this <laughs> the costs are so untenable. Um, I think they're using Snowflake, but it was and part of it I think is as a user education thing maybe, but like. But if, it seems like they tried every way of optimizing and there's no way out of it. And so, I don't know, for them it is what it is, I guess. But it's, it's got to be frustrating because you, you signed up for this commit, most likely. And, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the world that we live in with uh, with cloud you know, software providers yeah. is the, the, the cost will keep going up. Um, but, you know, you hope to get something for that. And, and that's, that's what we're aiming to to give you is, uh, you know, give you a much better experience. And, but like you said, it's, you know, in ways that you're comfortable with or adapting you to uh, ways that you're comfortable with yeah. uh, versus just, you know, kind of sudden switch. It's, it's really interesting to see, you know, all this movement around, um, you know, we've had the LLMs and the, you know. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. that. We have to do and, the obligatory LLM. Um, yeah, I mean, it. we have to, right? Uh, that's what, you know, it's it's really interesting talking to, to people around here uh, at it, at the, the Data and AI conference, because people uh, at the Data and AI conference, you have a lot of people uh, really looking at how they can stretch the limits. And even within you know, traditional uh, enterprises. So, you know, I talked to someone at a, you know, multinational bank and someone at an oil company and they're trying to figure out what is their LLM play, which is, it's super awesome that this stuff has, um, you know, happened so quickly uh, for us. I mean, it was, it was basically, you know, the research has been being going on for yeah, 50, wow. 60, 80 years, whatever. But like, you know, the idea that it came to fruition so quickly uh, and already a bunch of enterprises uh, that are more traditional are, are looking at it uh, is, is great. And, I, you know, again, it comes back to usability. And, and I yeah. think, um, you know, the Databricks announced the ability to, to query your data lake uh, mm -hmm. with... Uh, sorry, with with English as the uh, SDK, I think yeah. with Python they called it the uh, Apache Spark English SDK, uh, which is a pretty awesome name for it, unless you speak another spoken language. But uh, <laughs> uh, you're trying to figure out the acronym yeah. here. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, and, and we're doing the same thing. Like you know, we're saying, okay, how can AI improve improve the experience on Mother Duck? Um, you know, tonight we're going to demo natural language to SQL with oh with, I saw that Databricks yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry cool. with Databricks with, with, with Mother Duck, Duck. Yeah, they, <laughs> sorry they this uh, you know being at the Data Data conference yeah uh, I also worked there for a few years so you know you always tend to refer to your former uh, employer well Jordan showed me because I, I think um, during the demo I, I just made a kind of a smart ass joke like oh do you have uh, any chat GPT integrations and he's like actually <laughs> um, we do have prompts and so he it's obligatory me right like, yeah <laughs> but it was pretty cool actually right so you could write plain um, you know language but you could also um, have it refactor your SQL yeah which was actually pretty cool it's, so. it's funny because one of our one of our investors I'll, I'll let her be uh, nameless here but one of our investors said to us like it's been a long time since I've written SQL uh, and so I went to go try out Mother Duck and I kept on basically alt tabbing back and forth between uh, chat GPT and Mother Duck to figure out what queries I wanted to write. Like, why couldn't you guys 
just put this in oh, in exactly. Mother Duck. That was one of one of those uh, discussions, and it's like, yeah, we should. And, and it's a question of how good is this going to be. So you know, like our company has been. Uh, the folks that work at our company have been cynical in the past on this because we've seen large companies, uh, you know, including teams, you know, managed by people uh, that are at Mother Duck, you know, spend hundreds of hours uh, or, you know, many man years uh, yeah. trying to research how to do better machine learning on data and to try to do these query engines with with more traditional uh, machine learning and uh, it wasn't successful so you know you oh, get to be a little bit cynical over it but with the change in LLMs like uh, you know it's it's a pretty fast integration to do we we just upload uh, for mother duck AI we're just uploading your your schema uh, over to uh, the model and we you know then put your English query and it computes a pretty good job at like yeah. trying to figure out the SQL and so I don't know there's um, is it is it perfect no we're not we're not at the state of perfections I'm sure there's still gonna be hallucinations um, human solution they hallucinate too though so uh, you might as well have the computers attempt to emulate humans <laughs> that way <laughs> oh that's funny and it's interesting you bring up the um, experiences of your team, too, because, I mean, it's a pretty stacked team that you have. <laughs> when I look at the bench, I mean, there's I don't think there's a weak spot anywhere on it. Um, you know, and it's one of the rare teams, I think, that is um, the experiences are really informed by, you know, just working at, well, I mean, Google, for example, right, and, and Databricks and so forth. And, um, you know, and like Jordan, for yeah. example, and Tino, I mean, like, very accomplished what they do. I think, you, you know, you have some other people on there as well. Um, we're helping out. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's been like the truly lovely part of this experience, and I'll I'll say that like there was I was actually talking to over over thirty companies, um, you know, looking for my for my next gig. It was the first time. Oh no way! Yeah, I mean, I so I, I left Databricks in uh, December of twenty twenty one. Uh, just wanting to take a break. I did a number of sailing trips and uh, took about six months off and then, then kind of was looking for my next opportunity. And it, it was the first time I was public during my job search. And it was pretty amazing. So I you know, ended up talking to about 30 different companies. Oh, wow. um, you know, most just kind of casually, not, not for specific listed jobs or anything. Um, and, but there was one startup who I'll, uh, who I'll keep their name out of this too, uh, but you know this startup was really genius folks doing an interesting thing. I was excited about it. They were excited about me. But one of my biggest hesitations was that the entire founding team came from a single company mm. working on a single problem in a single team. Um, and you know you see that a lot and that's great in that they're, you know, they've already gelled as a team, but what is it like to join that team to start right. with? And then the other thing is, I do think that the, the diversity of experience is really important. So, you know, our founding team includes people from uh, Elastic, the, the person yeah. that did the cloud architecture for all of Elastic. Uh, we have the, the lead front end engineer from Snowflake on their new uh, UI joined us as, as, as one of our founders. We have folks from BigQuery. I was at Databricks. We have a uh, single store, all sorts of experience from different mm -hmm. companies and data. And, 
you know, we gelled based off of a common idea of how do we improve the experience for users? How do we, you know, basically, how do we solve all the past mistakes of our, of our employers? <laughs> and uh, it's great because you have such diversity of thought. Um, and, you know, it's uh, that that's really what drove me to join it. In addition to having like an awesome experience, having known Jordan from BigQuery. Right. But the 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 you know, diversity of backgrounds of the team was, was really important. And uh, yeah, you're right. Everyone, you know, has amazing pedigrees. Um, our, our interns uh, have ACM awards. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, well, we, we kind of joke with uh, Peter Bonds and Aaron Elmore uh, as our interns. They're both uh, professors in data and databases who've been around the block many years. Oh, Peter um, Bonds, yeah, he just became a fellow recently, right? Yeah, yeah, AC, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, lightweight. Um, the, the term intern is really funny when you describe these people. It's, it's I like, mean, it's awesome because they're <laughs> it shows the level of humility that they let us call us that call them that, uh, and we put it on our website as our interns. Um, <laughs> we don't make them fetch us coffee, you know, at, at Mother Duck. The, uh, we fetch the coffee for the interns. We like that young energy. Um, but, uh, um, That's amazing. but yeah, I mean, Peter's doing a lot of the research into the the hybrid query execution yeah. and things like that. So um, we yeah, we've managed to bring together sort of the the titans of the data industry and. Um, but they're all good, humble folk uh, with lots of experience, all willing to, you know, they've been leaders in their past orgs, but they're all willing to get their hands dirty and, and write That's code again. That's super cool. So. It's really rare team dynamic too, because I, I could see this going the other way, or because you have such titans of the field, you know, there might be some competing egos. The fact that that's a lot of that's quashed, um, you know, yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't have much in the problems of competing egos. There are certainly hard, well-informed opinions that are uh, different amongst some yeah, of the people want, at times. That, but, right? but yeah, it creates a, it creates a good discussion and makes it uh, more, more interesting and inclusive to, <laughs> to form your decision uh, right. with all the information. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it might be smoother in that way at some of these companies where you have uniform thought uh, joining together. But, you know, for us, I think it'll end up making us a much better company and better product. Yeah, but you're doing something, I would say, a lot newer. Um, you know, it's just this nobody's really, I don't know, executed on this idea before. At least that I've seen maybe. Maybe they have, and I'm not aware of it, but it, it's, it's a different way of thinking about the world. Um, I mean, I think it's been done to some degree if you think of like Firebase, for instance. Like it's been done sort of on the consumer yeah, side and yeah, the mobile true. side of like, how do we bring a mobile app together with the cloud? Um, yeah. But it's never been done sort of in serious business analytics side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it's it's good to bring you know the world the world experts together for that. Maybe walk me through this. So, so I mean, you're you're a VP of marketing, right? At Mother Ducker, what do you do there? Technically, VP of marketing and DevRel, but you know, it's I actually removed the title I think from my LinkedIn and just called myself a co-founder because. You know, we're all doing, You're all doing dealing with different challenges every day. You're getting Jordan's uh, so. coffee one day; he's getting yours. So, uh. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. how do you how do you think about marketing? Um, no. You know, kind of turning <laughs> the page on this, right? Because it's like you know, we yeah. talk about the technical aspects, but I think marketing is always one of these elusive things. In fact, when, before you showed up, I was talking to another friend of mine who um, 
you know, he was a staff engineer at, um, you know, one of the, uh, a company that were, we all use the product a lot. Uh, it's an app. Um, but, you know, it, it, so, you know, founding engineer of a startup, but he's like, yeah, it's great. We can build a great product. We think it's the best product out there, um, you know, amongst all the competitors. But he's like, he quickly realized that's only a fraction of the equation. Um, yeah. You know, great products, table stakes, right? So, I mean, walking through marketing, in a, in a, in a, especially with a new idea in, in, a, in a space like this. Well, I, all right. So, uh I generally refrain from from referring to that title as VP of marketing. So I'm glad that you kind of brought it up a little later in the conversation. <laughs> Hopefully people actually listen to the first part and uh, uh, don't tune, tune me out now. But, you know, I've done developer relations has been my official title for many years. And I think in the the pitch decks to VCs, we, we uh, put my title as something like rebel marketer, um, <laughs> you know, because I've, I've done marketing, but honestly, there's all this battle in developer relations. Is it marketing? Where does it belong in an organization? Oh, yeah. All of that jazz. And, I, you know, I think it starts from there in that, you know, I believe developer relations is marketing. Uh, it's marketing that no one in the audience should ever perceive as marketing. So from a business side, it has the same goals. It has the yeah. same goals of driving awareness, driving adoption of the product, pulling people through the funnel, all of that. That's my business hat. But as an engineer, I don't want to feel like I'm being marketed to. Yep. And uh, so that's kind of what the angle that I've always taken on marketing is, is like, yeah, your audience shouldn't, feel that it is marketing. I hate white papers. I hate like, uh, you know, the for dummy books and stuff like that. I apologize if, if any of you like those things. But um, and, I, and I really just dislike it because it, it just feels like marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, and a technical audience doesn't want that. They want education. They want best practices. They want true community of great friends. Um, and they don't want to feel like they're marketed to. Right. And, and so that's kind of the attitude that I would take, especially building any sort of technical product is, sure, yeah, you're going to have marketing people. That's their job. Uh, but, you know, it's really just working together with the entire company, making sure you have validate all your ideas with the engineering side of the company, the product side of the company. Make sure people who are in your target audience like aren't going to be turned off by what you're saying, uh, mm -hmm. which happens so often. Um, so with, you know, with Mother Duck, I think, you know, we're, we're certainly doing marketing. I think that the primary way that we've been marketing thus far is in brand. You know, I'm here with this, uh, <laughs> this blue and yellow it's a duck shirt. shirt. Um, I think Jor then, Jordan did his talk wearing a duck, uh, inflatable <laughs> duck suit or something. Yeah, um, and, and I'm guessing this podcast isn't going to be published today. So uh, down the street, we're going to have uh, walking from the DuckCon, the open source uh, community gathering to our mother duck party. Uh, we we actually have someone in a duck mascot walking, leading the charge down the down the alley. Um, but it's fun, right? Have fun with the things that make your yeah. brand memorable, that make your company memorable. I was I was looking at some of the booths at the summit, oh. and I'm just like these names. No one's gonna no one's gonna have a clue with this name. I mean, I'm bad with names more than others, but like still, no one's gonna have a clue as to what these companies are or what these companies do. 
Um, you know, Mother Duck, I think, is, is kind of bold and fun. And, yeah. you know, for those of you uh, who might think otherwise, the, you know, the origin of the name really was around, uh, you know, we have DuckDB and then we have the mother that coordinates all the DuckDB instances. Um, and sure, it has some fun other puns, but that wasn't the intent. Uh, we're really, you know, we really just think that... Um, yeah, having this fun, bold brand helps everything. Uh, there was actually a quote um, by uh, by Ali from from Databricks where he basically said, "You know, when I first started my uh, first started Databricks, I didn't realize the the value in marketing, but then when I s- realized the value in brand, everything just became a lot easier." Uh, oh yeah, when, when you started huge. investing in brand, um, and so we want our brand to to represent. Uh, the company represent the product Uh, you know we have some one of our values is unorthodoxy Uh, we just want to be fun and you know make make doing our day-to-day jobs fun that's probably my career in DevRel like what I've felt most accomplished by is when people have more fun during their day to day they get to go home earlier and be with their family because of the things that we built uh because of the the platforms that we've built or because of the marketplaces and the ability for them to Mm -hmm. sell their products or whatever is people are able to have fun and and go home earlier and do do the rest of life (laughs) right yeah i know what you mean man brand's key and uh, yeah, and again, echoing what you said about the, uh, the you know the the booths at the expo hall here, it's like there's, um, yeah, brands key. I, I don't understand. There, there's a whole sea of sameness. And, and I was talking to somebody else about this yesterday. I, think, I feel like if you just if you can put just one ounce of effort into like differentiating yourself, um, it, it's it's almost too easy in some ways to have a brand, right? Because yeah. everyone else trying to do the same stuff, so it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and you, you have to be seen, you have to be heard. Um, you know, there's there's been some blog posts that we've put out. Uh, Jordan wrote one called "Big Data Is Dead." Uh, the people that take it completely literally get pissed off by it, uh, but the people that realize that there's a nuance in all of this and. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of shock uh, to get you to read the nuance uh, sometimes <laughs> helps, and uh, it certainly did in that case with oh, yeah. the Hacker News uh, audience. And oh, that's a brutal but, crowd too. But yeah, if you read, I mean, if you read the post, it's it's really just about hardware has changed, software hasn't, usage patterns have remained the same, uh, and uh you know that's that's a good way to get your thoughts out there is by being big and bold and Mm uh but if you interpret everything literally as as a lot of uh engineers will uh very literal people by the way yeah i think it had a very visceral reaction but i mean i like the article i i think it was spot on and um and encourages debate right that's kind of what we need in this industry right now is um yeah well, cool, man. It's good chatting. I guess we should probably go head over to the expo hall since it's opening now. Um, so, um, yeah, but Ryan, great to chat as always. Um, for people who want to learn more about you and Mother Duck, how can they do that? Uh, sure. Uh, you're welcome to, to connect with me on, on LinkedIn or find my Twitter at RyGuyRG, R-Y-G-U-Y-R-G. 
Uh, and then, of course, Mother Duck is just motherduck.com. Uh, it has a D in it, by the way, not another letter. So Yeah, uh, it yeah. does have a D in it. Uh, I'm not sure what I think about this whole, like, autocorrect changes that they're making on the iPhones. We'll see We'll see how that works. Every one of us has certainly typoed this at times. Uh, but, That's funny. Uh, no, I mean, you, you'll know that you're on motherduck.com once you, once you realize uh, all the fun graphics and animations there. Because... We do want to make your life more fun as a, as a data analyst, <laughs> data engineer. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Thanks for the chat. Cool. I'll see you all. Thank Bye. you. Yep.